Bonjour Andorians. I've decided maybe that's what fans of Andor are called, maybe, or uh, Andoriacs. I don't know. But we need to find a name for fans of the show because it feels like it's developing fans pretty damn quickly. So we're back here again to discuss the latest episode of Andor. Jack filling in for Mike, of course, doing my best as his Padawan, but brilliantly joining me again for this episode to cap off this three-episode arc. And back by popular demand is Math. How are you doing, mate? Not too bad. I'm not sure about popular demand. We'll have to see about that. <laughs> the <laughs> feedback happy to from, be here. No, I saw the feedback from your episode was very positive. Ah, oh, that's good. That's good. It's always a bit nerve-wracking, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad to be back again. And I think, to be fair, we've both got imposter syndrome when it comes to living up to the shoes we're filling for me for me as a host and i know you were saying you feel that way you know we listened both listened to mike and dave from last week but you know they're elite right mike is the star wars man within our community dave is the podfather i mean we are not even going to bother trying to compete with those guys we're just going to come on and we're going to be ourselves and we're going to sound knowledgeable and opinionated. that's all we need we're going to try and we've always got google (laughs) (laughs) that's definitely true and much like yourself as we briefly just spoke about you have to do a little bit of googling in between Um, it makes it sound a little bit more knowledgeable it does yeah i mean as you said character names this time there was a bit less easter egg hunting i felt like i had to do i knew in that episode four particularly when we saw luther rayal's showroom with all the ornaments and all the kind of historical artifacts he had i knew i was going to have to do a little bit with that we didn't go delve into it too much, actually. Mike had sent me a Discord, which I forgot to read out, message where um, he'd broken a lot of that down for me. I think we got so wrapped up talking about all the things we liked. But here it was much more straightforward. It was much more of a driven plot where, like, we've got something to say, we've got something to do, and we're not worrying too much about the Star Wars law this time. Yeah, I think they they seem to know where the ones are. Mm. And they seem to kind of, they may do a bit of fan service, but I, I don't, I haven't felt that they've wanted to do that as much and pushed it. I don't feel that, I don't feel they have to, to be fair. If they mm. tell the story, what people want to hear, they don't need to do fan service. No. And they, if anything, they can do fan service and if they do it wrong, they're going to get slated. So in one sense, just, just tell a good story, mm. which I think they're doing. I have a couple of criticisms about tonight, uh, last night's episode, mm. and that. Um, but all in all, it, it, you know, it, it was a good tie-off for the the sixth episode because, uh, mm. the, the, as you said before, they seem to be doing them in three episode arcs, mm. and it, it felt like it did tie that bit of the story up. Hundred percent. I mean, I got that from Mike. To be fair, so I won't claim. And actually, reading after this episode. It sounds like the structure might change up a little bit. As you said, doing your own research, you noticed that the next six seem to be a bit more solid in terms of the creators, because we know they've come in like, not only have the episodes come in batches of threes, but the creators have come in batches of threes. So for this series, it was um, Dan Gilroy, wasn't it? Being the chief writer of the episode, which is Tony Gilroy's brother, who was the showrunner, and it was Susanna White directing them. So Dan Gilroy and Susanna White controlled these three moving forwards i think from what i read it might be the next episode maybe stand alone and then Mm. the back five are all interconnected which i think 
would make sense because we can fill some things around and or building now, can't we? I think if the next, I'll just say now, the criticism I had mm. is that the, the episode was brilliant until the end. I felt it tied up and then it, it kind of, it wanted to go on to your next episode to kind of set it up and I don't feel it did. Sure. I feel it, it kind of, it showed my offer and and that and the um, the big like it's like the Senate Council, was yeah, it? Yeah, Senate Council. Um, and obviously we saw Lupin as well, and but it felt as if as if there should have been something more just to kind of get us on to the next episode. Mm. And that the story itself that it did um, tied up well and. But again, with Andor at the end of it, and again, you know, we're, we're going to bounce around. All <laughs> we're talking place. about the end five minutes yeah. in. <laughs> Why do it in order? Um, <laughs> if you want it in order, go watch it. Sure. But but it kind of tied up with Andor, but then we don't know what's happened to him now. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know. So it'd be interesting if, if maybe what they do do is in the next episode, the kind of try to do a bit more world building and mm-hmm. then bring Andor into it then, you know, I think that's going to be quite good. But yeah, it, it's, that's the only criticism. I kind of got to the end of it and I was so pumped with what had happened. And then I felt a bit of a letdown at the end mm. of kind of well, where we're going to go next. Cause they've done the job. Yeah. They have done the job. It did feel very much like, and we'll maybe we'll talk predictions at the end as we do sometimes. I think, yeah, the, the scene with Mon Mothma and the scene with the ISB and the scene with Luthen all did feel very much almost kind of like the standard, you know, Return of the King criticism, like here's an ending and here's an ending and here's an ending. But you're right, they were very much about like, see you next time on Andor. Yeah. But yeah, it, it didn't quite have the catch of of um, Luthen and, and Cassian leaving in the ship today to go off on their mission. It didn't quite have the, that catch of that end of the third of the first three episodes of that first arc. No, no. It, it, as I say, it, like like you just said, it had an ending and then it kind of did something else and it, it, it felt as if it didn't know how to finish. Mm-hmm. I think maybe if they'd have finished where Cassian had gone and then kind of ended it there, that might probably work better in my opinion. But having said that, you know, I'm not being asked to come and direct these stuff. So mm-hmm. what do I know? No, I mean, I didn't feel it when I watched it, but I hear what you're saying. I think the Luthan one was was earned, wasn't it? It was nice to see him have his moment because he's been sitting there tense for days now. Was it three days since he dropped yeah. Cassian off? So I think that well, one was earned. But I hear what you're saying about, particularly the Mothma one. He, I think he even says, doesn't he, that he thinks he made a mistake with hiring uh, Cassian. Mm. And, that, and obviously, again... It, He's a brilliant actor, and you can just see that you feel that relief from him. Mm. And that and, and, and it's it's just an expression, it's just a you know, his mannerisms, it's just you know, he was fantastic in the role, even though we only saw him for what a couple of minutes. Yeah. And that but again he sells his part. It is, and he because he's playing two parts, really, isn't he? He's playing Luthan, mm-hmm. who's the real guy, who is the rebellion not leader I suppose but he's one of the key figures at this point in their early rebellion and you've got him as the flamboyant antiquities shop owner so he's playing those two parts and you do see that again don't you miss when he goes into the back room his physical you know his 
performance and his physicality changes. Yeah. And then he laughs and it, yeah, it's vocal tone. It's everything, isn't it? It's awesome. Yeah. So we've spoken about the end. Should we go back to the start? Otherwise, it's a short episode. Yeah. The fact that Luther is celebrating does tell you partly, obviously, where this episode goes. But I think we all knew what was going to happen in this episode before it aired. And actually, that doesn't really affect the enjoyment of it, I don't think. We kind of presumed they, well, we know Andor would get away, but we presumed he would get away with the money. Mm-hmm. And this may be the the start of the funding for rebellion, but we also presumed a lot of people would die, and yeah. of course, both those things came to pass. <laughs> um, so this episode is called the Eye, and yeah, it's the episode six halfway point of this season, quarter of the way through the show completely, but it's the next end point of the this kind of three episode arc structure, isn't it? And in this yeah. episode, we get to see what's been building up for two episodes previous on Aldani. We get to see the heist of the imperial credits from the dam base. I'm not sure what the actual base is called, but the the Aldani dam base, which is a beautiful looking like effect on the screen, isn't it? It is, yeah. I, I don't know whether they've. It, it's hard to. Sometimes you can tell with blue screen mm-hmm. and that, you know, with, with the land and that. But it was hard to tell. You know that that base does look very real and. You know, I do assume it probably is blue screened, and I don't think they'd sit, sit there and build a completely new structure. <laughs> but that's the thing you've got. That cause I think all that's filmed in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, you you see the landscape, you see, but you can see that futuristic structure as part of the, you know, as part of the land. To be fair, it, it doesn't feel out of place to a certain degree, which it should do, but it doesn't. You know, they've done a very good job there. Mm, yeah, that's true. I think there are other times where there's a really stark difference between the Imperial and Coruscant, actually, at times, and also, obviously, the Aldani people. And I think we see that when the kind of nomadic Aldani, uh, what are they called? They're called, like, the, yeah. the Darnies. I think they just call them, don't yeah, they? The, like Darnies. the nomadic Darnies turn up for the for their, like, celebration for when the ice storm passes over. I think... Um, the, the, the costume design for those characters and the actors they cast, you know, kind of like this craggy old man in the lead. And I've heard a couple of people, Mike and Dave last week included, sort of making that kind of HBOE Game of Thrones comparison. This feels like a long form storytelling. This feels like kind of literary storytelling. Mm-hmm. And the casting of these people fits into that mold too, doesn't it? They're cast for the role, not because they're good looking actors. I don't mean that disparaging. I don't mean that really, but they're cast to be like, you know, craggy old man on Aldani. He looks like he's weather-beaten and he's walked for a long way. Wait, if, if this had been a film, all this, these few episodes would have been probably done in, what, 20 minutes? And that, but, you know, we, we've had nearly six hours now. Mm-hmm. And although you could kind of argue, is it a drawn-out scene of them coming down the mountain, coming to the eye, you know, coming to the Jedi Temple? But it it works. It feels that it needs to breathe and it needs to show all that. It needs to show that, you know, the checkpoints that they're going through and that, you know, which obviously plays into the story because then, you know, the team is able to kind of join in there. Mm. But again, it, it it's, it's our world-building and it, it doesn't feel like it's rushing. It doesn't feel it needs to rush. And that, and, you know, it, I think we said at the start, um, 
on the previous episode that, you know, there's 12 episodes of the season and number 12 in it. And you kind of think, how, how are they going to fit all that in? Because, you know, it's just one guy, but it feels like it's just learning to breathe itself into these episodes. And it's, you know, it, it's got me, it's got me hooked. It really has. You know, I think I've not felt this way about Stout. I mean, Obi-Wan was brilliant, but the, there was quite a lot of Easter eggs in, but I haven't felt like this for Stouts for a long time. And, and it, it has that feel of the old, the original Star Wars and that, and again, well, that's the timeline it's meant to be in, but, you know, it, it again, it, it's just, it doesn't feel like it has to wash itself. Mm. It, it And, you know, the, the story that they're telling, again, they could quite easily do this in 10, 20 minutes, but it's that more world building, which I'm sure we're going to get plenty more things other than Andor going forward, you know, whether they're tightened to, you know, other things of other law that way, I'm not sure, but it, it feels as if they're branching out of the universe to a certain degree. Mm. And we're, we're going to explore these different characters. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it sense a pace is spot on for me. I know some people grumbled about that first three episodes and work, particularly the first one and two were slow. I didn't feel it at all. I think mm. I just said that when I was uh, discussing those first three of Mike. And I think you saying it's allowing it to breathe is a lovely phrase. I think that's what this is doing. It's it's allowing moments to land. It's allowing characters to 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 grow and to affect other people. I mean, obviously, Nemec is the is the main character we've probably met over the last three episodes, who is going to have the long term biggest effect on Andor. Obviously, he leaves him his like manifesto at the end of when he uh, dies, which we'll talk about for sure. But as a character, his passion and his belief and his kind of youthful exuberance was start. You could see it starting to rub off on Andor. Like he was fighting back. But I think these are the moments which, as you said, in Rogue One, which is a great movie, like we get a heist in Rogue One. We do get a heist. We get them stealing their Death Star plans. But it's that final third. We get a heist in Solo, which is that, that train heist, but it's over in about 10 minutes. And we don't get any character development in these moments. They're kind of particularly in the solo one, that the action to move the plot forward and to have a cool moment. Whereas here we get a heist, which is basically a whole episode and has been spoken about for two episodes previous. As you said, it's really taking its time. Uh, and a lovely comment to make about, you know, seeing the Darnies coming over the hills and the mountains and through the valleys. It's important because this show is trying to say some things as well as be Star Wars and entertaining and have cool space battles, which this does but it also has commentary on colonization and capitalism and fascist power and, and the gray that's in between all of that. So, and that's all there to be seen if you want to find it. Yeah. Which that's one of the good things they're, they're able to tell a story here and that and add so many different things, but put it into a, a universe that people will, you know, maybe not realize they're taking this information on board and that, but you know, when it's pointed out, you kind of go, you're right. You know, that is kind of a bit of modern day life there. Mm. You know, and, and again, like you say, in, in the previous heist films for the, you know, as they say, and Rogue One, it's all kind of over and done with. Listen, we only knew Nemec for three episodes, mm. but, you know, obviously his, his death really did, it meant so much to us. You can see it meant so much to Andor, but it, 
it's, I mean, I think last week, I don't know if it was Dave or Mike, one of them mentioned that he, he reminds him of Mouse. From, it was Dave, yeah. Yeah. And as soon as Dave said it, I thought, yeah, you know, it, it does. And again, Mouse is only in it for a short time in, in the Matrix, but you do kind of feel his death. And they've done this here, but I would say 10 times better. You know, and even when he gets injured, he's still fighting till the end, you mm. know. I mean, it, that bit of acting wounds, I mean, again, all over the place here, but <laughs> <laughs> when, when they give him that adrenaline and he, he sat up and he's like, Climb! you know, and you can just see that he's he's using every bit of his his last life to kind of get them out of this because you know I mean you can see in Andor's face that we're screwed here mm. unless someone tells you where to go we're screwed and you know again it's it's that death like you said is going to probably have a, a lasting effect on him mm. and again sorry to jump around but some of that happens at the end which we'll get to You've, we've seen it already in Rogue One and it's nice to see that Andor where he's going to become you know what he ends up doing with um, say his name Skeen uh, Skeen mm. yes there was a slight hesitant and then it was like you know this is how I deal with it yeah and that um, in Rogue One there wasn't a hesitant he, he kind of assessed it and thought I need to deal with this straight away and that's what he did you can see from episode one, me had to shoot the guard mm-hmm. to episode six, where again, in his opinion, he had to shoot Skeen because otherwise he would just screw everybody over. There was less of a hesitant. There was less. You can see that the cogs are moving now mm-hmm. to where Andor is going to end up being. Yeah, I mean, he's offended by what Skeen's suggesting, isn't he? So Skeen wants mm-hmm. to when they when they escape. So the people who escape are Andor, Skeen, Nemec, who's badly injured, and Vel, isn't it? So they're on the ship yeah. to escape. We'll talk about Sinter as well in a minute when we talk about the characters that don't get off planet for, for whatever reason. So those four escape, but then they choose to take Nemec to be fixed, don't they? By Dr. Mm-hmm. Quadpaws, which I've seen a lot of people write about on the internet, which is a cool name, who looks a bit like Mascanata, but as I understand it, I'm sure Mike can come in next week and, and, and talk about it a bit more, is not the same race as as well as Kanata, but look the same because of the cool like glasses yeah but yeah so when they're on this planet Skeen then offers to Cassian to split the money and run off doesn't he and you're right she, I'm not uh, sure there's even any hesitation from Cassian at all like that gun is out it is 100% and or shot first mm-hmm. yeah yeah the, the, there's no you know there's no going to be editing later on with does and or shoot or not yeah no um, I, I do I do think Skeen Skeen was the one who mentioned let's go to the doctor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I do feel that he was already in setting in motion to mm-hmm. set this up. Mm-hmm. And the only reason he couldn't do it on his own is because he couldn't fly it. Yeah. So he has to and because he believes that Andor is just a mercenary, gun for hire, he thought he could buy him. And I mean, that shows another part when Andor comes in to talk to Vel. Mm-hmm. And he says, I just want my money. That yeah, cost. my cart that I've been promised. Yeah. You know, he, he could have quite easily drove off with mm-hmm. all that money. And he doesn't. You know, so there is a moral compass there. Mm-hmm. And that. And, you know, again, they're not the good guys. I wouldn't say they're the bad guys, but they're not the good guys. They're, they're working that 
that gray in between. They and, are. And what something earlier in the episode which really shows they're not, you know, purist white hat good guys is holding a gun to a child's head, which Fell does. That's not the act of a good guy. Much like yeah. in that first react arc, blowing up a car bomb which kills people deceptively is not a good guy move so you're absolutely right there's there's lots of gray going on it's interesting you mentioned that uh the the gun scene to the child's head that's a bit where i kind of felt the empire um is it kill Pitag? he he tries to save the child's life mm. and that now <sighs> The, the empire is such a bad thing, but he he's not. He didn't come across that way. He came very much kind of look, you know. And unfortunately, he got killed for it. But it was nice to see there are good guys in there, and that there are good guys in the you know the empire, and that they're just unfortunately the some of them there's probably not many of them, and some of them just are scared and they follow suit. Like mm. um, Commandant J. Hold, he's very much kind of he's just about doing his job, getting up here and moving on to the next thing, making his life better. I think those two sealed their fate though, didn't they? I think they were very clever in the writing here because when we first see them on Aldani, they're in like their viewing gallery and they're looking over the valley, aren't they, where the Mm -hmm. event is going to take place and they're having some sort of like drink. And the way they're talking about how they've wiped out the indigenous kind of culture I think sealed both their fakes. So and that's in the talking about like, oh yeah, you know, there was thousands of them, then there was 500 and now there's 60. And yeah, isn't it great that we've managed to wipe out their belief system and their mm-hmm. culture? I think as soon as they're talking about that, you kind of know, right, these guys are, are not going to make it because that it that you know, that is obviously not okay. What is happening? Yeah, it was it was clever how they did it though, because he was saying that they set up bars so that mm-hmm. it sets up with you know, thousands of people, they hit a bar and obviously lose a few people. And it was clever, though. There wasn't wiping them out. There was giving them that characteristic to go look at somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So it was a clever way of doing it. And then, you know, they even said, look, has anyone told them this is going to be the last year they can do it? It's like, no, why would we tell them that? Mm. But the, the, there was an interesting thing that uh, Lieutenant Gowan said to uh, Jay Hold that you... You're not going to be able to win him over. You need to. He says that he was a mechanic, I think, or an engineer. So he's seen things like this. He's seen, you know, things get destroyed and built up as as war machines. You're not going to win him over doing it this way. Um, which again, it plays into later on the guy. The guy is just trying to do what's right for everybody, and that he's he's working under the the empire, but he, he's not a bad guy. And that he's just obviously been given opportunities, and it's he seemed generally concerned when he said, "You know, have you told him that they won't come up in?" And, and Jay Hall's like, "Oh no, you know, we're mm. not going to tell him that." And he, he seemed a bit like, "Oh, well, they should be allowed to do that." He, he kind of got that feel from him from the, what I did anyway from from that point, mm. which again leads into the bit where he tried to save the boy's life, and that. But you know, it, it's nice that there is that from both sides of the mm. scene absolutely uh, which is a lot better than just you know you just see Jedi's with lightsabers you know they're the good guys mm-hmm. you know and Darth Vader is all in black with a red lightsaber he must be the bad guy <laughs> but, but, but now we're seeing this grey both sides mm-hmm. 
and that. So, which again, I think you know the storytelling is fantastic. Mm. I thought the um, the casting because B has only comes in it. This J Hole got yeah J Hole B has the the leader of this kind of unit here. He only comes into it in this episode, and he makes a really big impression. And some of the writing with him was fantastic, wasn't it? When he was there putting on his like imperial dress robes for the ceremony, and he couldn't get his belt done up. But, and um, uh, that that referencing of like you know how fat and comfortable the empire have got comes back. And then when his yeah. son is not able to get his get his his own like dress robes on properly, and he's like, he's twelve or whatever he was saying. Like he's twelve, he could dress himself when he ought. You're not serious the irony here, mate. Like you literally cannot <laughs> dress yourself two feet away and you're having to go to your, at your son. Yeah. So I thought, again, it's, it's all in the writing. I think performances in this are excellent. We've spoken about kind of the, the location shooting and the cinematography, which I do want to come back to. There's some beautiful shots in this episode. All of that is fantastic. But I think the power of this show, and if it can use to be this good, is all going to come back to the writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it it's telling the story and, and, you know, the fact that it's got Star Wars behind it is fantastic, but th- this this is something special. I, this is probably one of the best things I've seen on Disney. It, mm-hmm, it really mm-hmm. is. Um, yeah, it'd be and, good anyway, even if it wasn't set in Star Wars, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm more of a big Marvel fan than anything else, mm-hmm. but, you know, I've, I've enjoyed She-Hulk, I've been, I've, I love Miss Marvel and that, but I think this this is probably one of the best things that I've seen them do. And that, and it, again, you, you're getting such a feel for the characters, mm. you know, and just just little things, that, you know, like we've said about Luthen, just little little things that he does, you kind of feel it with him, you know, that it showed in the episode where he he, he was. Question whether he did the right thing, sending Andor in there. And then at the end of the episode, you see the, that join on his face that, you know, I did make the right decision. He did do the job. Um, obviously, he doesn't know really anything else, but, you know, he, he knows that something's happened. He knows there's been a breaking and that. And it's, if anything, it's got them, you know, it's got them, uh, the Empire questioning what, you know, what's actually happened. And he's going to, you know, cat amongst the pigeons kind of thing. Perhaps not for for the best, but that's definitely something we'll, we'll talk about with, with, with the ISB. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned like Skeen and his manipulations. I that, that's a great shout that idea of like he 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 pretended he wanted Nemec to be saved, but really it was about him getting the next stage of his plan, which was landing so he could try and escape with Cassian. It started that that scene started making me question a lot about him because a lot of the information Cassian's got has been through him. Mm-hmm. So things like Tamarin being an ex-stormtrooper came from a conversation they were having in the build-up to to the heist earlier in this episode. Mm-hmm. Things like, um, and then Tamarin getting shot. He got shot during the heist when the Imperial troops come down. Did Skeen let him get shot? Because that's one less person to have to worry about. It started making me kind of retroactively think back to this episode, perhaps going back to earlier episodes and thinking about like, has Skeen been scheming and lying? Has he been an unreliable narrator for Cassian this whole time? It's interesting you say that because that's one of the things I noticed when, uh, when Tamron kind of says, cover me. Cause mm. it, it, I think he, Tamron goes to try to help Vel out, doesn't he? Cause she's, yeah, else. she's pinned down. There's a look on Skeen's face of, 
of, of him being scared, genuinely scared. Like, he, he reminds me of the kind of person who, you know, would go into a battle with his sword and just put his sword into dead bodies already and look like mm-hmm. he's done something. You know, he, he's he looks like he, he, he's just playing it and he's never seen battle. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Tamman goes down, he gets shot. Skin didn't seem to kind of give him any form of cover and fire there. No. So, like you say, is it a case of, well, that's one last person I have to deal with now? Mm-hmm. You know, again, Nemec getting injured, which, you know, there's no way he can, he could have, I don't think he could have planned that. Uh, but again, straight away, it's like, there's a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a doctor, you can come and save him. And that's sort of land down. And it's to set up this big plan, which didn't work out good for him. And that he got his just desserts. But again, it's that, that writing that they've done underlying, setting little, there's little stories, other little stories that are branching off mm. that you don't realise until afterwards when you, quite possibly, if I, if I wasn't sat here doing a podcast about it, I may not have picked it up straight away. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things that until someone kind of mentions, oh, this is happening, you go, yeah, that, that's kind of leading to this, that's leading to that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, as you just said there, that's the nature of of good writing. That it's not there's one character going on a journey, and everyone else is there to support them. All these characters have their own little stories going on all the time. Um, Cinta and and Vel gets revealed in this episode that they're potentially in a relationship together, mm-hmm. but not a big deal is made of it. It's just like, yeah, that's happening, and that's worth thinking about because Vel leaves and Cinta doesn't. And they've known that moment has been coming the whole time they've been doing this plan and executing it, which makes sense why now Vel was hesitant earlier on and Sinta needed to be the one saying, they're like, come on, this is the plan. We've got to do it. So again, that moment has much more weight now, knowing later on that Vel being the leader has chosen to leave her romantic partner behind. It's excellent writing. Because it's mentioned in the... The first of this this uh, three that Cynthia's already got a partner. She's already showing her bunk or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. They don't say who she's with, so mm-hmm. you, you probably sat there thinking, "Oh, it's Tamano." It's you know, it, it's clever writing again. It's set it up that you know she's with someone, but then you don't think about it. They move on, and then it's just that little touch. That mm. little, I think she, the touches her touch hand. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's a case of. All right, okay, well, and then that leads back to when they're on the bridge, and it's like you've got to call it now. You've got to call it, Bill, and she, and she doesn't want it because she knows once she says yes, let's go, that she's going to have to leave. And uh, again, it, it's all these things that are pulling on, pulling on your heartstrings a little bit because mm. you realise that there's so much more invested in this than what you first realise, and you know. I think it was a big thing that Cassian did uh, in the last episode when he turned around and said, look, I'm a mercer, mm-hmm. I'm for hire, and that. But you could see, although he's for hire, he does kind of believe in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's um, when he's having a conversation with, with uh, Nemec later on, and Nemec says, oh, I've already uh, made my mind up about you. I wrote about you last night. You know, you're this mercenary who's just in. And, and he says, you're half right. Mm-hmm. And that it never leads any anymore. It didn't lead on to saying you know where he's right and where he's wrong as such. It just says you're half right, 
the empire will screw you over kind of thing. But again, it's it's <laughs> we've got the advantage. We know where it leads to. Mm-hmm. We, we we know where it's going to go to. But it's good to see him go on this journey. And again, all these different characters that he's meeting, to, who's going to grow him into the the person that we see in Rogue One. Mm, yeah, which, agreed. Which I mean, I felt sad when he, you know, at the end of Rogue One when he, he dies, but even more so now. I, I think once once this all finishes, I will go back and watch Rogue One again, and I think it will have a bigger impact on me. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I watched it a couple of weeks ago when, when they started because I thought, I've seen Rogue One, but I can't remember it that well. But, you know, obviously we'd only had a couple of episodes at that point. I think once all this finishes, going back, Rogue One is going to hit home a lot harder mm-hmm. um, than, than what it did because we've seen where we've come from. Yeah, definitely. He'll almost be the main character in Rogue One now rather than Jim, won't he? Mm, yeah quite possible <laughs> I really enjoyed the Sinza and Vel mini arc to this episode because I wasn't sure what they were up to because initially I wondered if they were going off because they disappear off from the team don't they mm-hmm. they kind of we get the boys team and the girls team the boys go off and they're going to pretend to be Imperial soldiers and they're going to brazenly walk into the facility which I really like because that's what Andor did in order to get that unit from the first arc as well. So it's calling back to that. Lots of these lovely little times. Whereas Sinter and Vel going off, and I thought, are they going off to be sacrificial pawns? What, what are they up to? But what they get to do is basically be James Bond or Lara Croft, or like they get all these really cool moments. They get to go underwater with a little like scuba machine that helps them yeah. break into the dam. They get to, as you said, do like a James Bond golden eye dam dive like. I don't know what you call that when you're like running down the side of a building. Sinta gets to jump in at the last moment. And I know you feel sad for that Imperial guy dying. I'll be honest, I, I don't care too much. Sinta comes in and blasts him away. So they get all the cool moments actually within within this little arc. Well, uh, again, Sinta comes down at that point and she, see, she reacts to her party with a gun on him. And she's got a drop on him. So she's going to take that shot. Um, she she's been there for the last five or six months. Mm. They've, they've invested so much into this, you know. Her partner's up there. Oh, no, her partner was already down there, wasn't she? No, I think since since comes down, then Val follows her. They're coming oh, down Val together, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but again, the one a second question, she just shot straight away, mm-hmm. and that which is good in one sense because it it shows that the main business. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, a, a very clever plan. Obviously, uh, Lieutenant Gorm has really thought all this through uh, of how to get them all in and just mm. go down and see the eye, go down and see the eye, you know. And again, it, it, it would have worked. I was never quite sure why they didn't cut off transmission uh, to, um, oh, to the other, yeah, the yeah. other base. Yeah. I, it, I, it didn't seem to make sense, and that, unless it were a case of if they wasn't able to talk, then maybe they would have come and investigated. Yeah, I guess that that's I. They didn't mention. They didn't say. Well, that was yeah. my presumption too. Like if that part gets cut off, then immediately they send the ties over. Mm-hmm. So they needed that bit of extra time, didn't they, to make sure they were in the air before the ties yeah. arrived? You're right. I, I I don't know that for a fact. It was just my own assumption. Yeah, which I mean, it gives us a really cool moment of of you know. 
the docking station with all the TIE fighters and everything there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it was fantastic to see all that. Um, and obviously then it makes it more of a chase. It's, mm-hmm. They haven't got nine minutes anymore, you know, it, it, which kind of goes back to the previous episodes when it says you've got nine minutes to get out of here. And then the TIE fighters want me. And it's like, no, they're, they're already here. Mm-hmm. But there's little plot points that I, I could, I mean, they stole all the money but there was mm-hmm. still a big chunk of it left there. Mm. And I just thought, if you're leaving, why wouldn't you blow it? You know, if you can only take obviously so much, but why didn't they have a contingency plan of, right, once we go and we steal this amount of, of gold, we blow the rest of it so that damages them even more. But again, it's just nitpicking. Well, yeah, and also we, I guess like maybe they did or maybe they plan on taking it all, but obviously they get interrupted, don't they, by... Mm-hmm. The, the comms team coming down. Yeah. So who knows where that would have gone. What did you think about like how, how the show, like for that moment when they're, when they're piling up the, the, the credits, the gold, and we've got that comms team coming down. And I think earlier as well, when they were kind of marching towards the entrance, how well did you think it created tension in those things? You feel that, you know, they're going to get, get through there, you know, but I think because, because they're drawn out a little bit, Again, to kind of you know they're following the uh, the nomads up there, the, the, the Darwins. Did we say the the Darnies? I think they call them. Darnies, yeah. yeah. It creates that more tension. It's not a case of all that the following up behind are because you see, there's a bit when they join at the end, and there's another mm. team. We're kind of giving them the eye of like, who are they? Yeah, and that you know that. I think there was three of them that kind of giving them the looks of, we don't know who are these, what's going on? But then Lieutenant Gorm's like, oh, well, you guys stay down here, Team is going to go up there. You know, you guys get to see the eye. And everyone wants to see the eye. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to see, see this um, light show, which, you know, we'll, we'll get into later, but it's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> and yeah. That, but it, it's, again, them drawn out points are needed. I think if they'd have just said, right, we'll do and we'll do it as a film, I don't think it would have as much impact. Mm. I really don't. I think it would, you know, like I've said, watching, when I go watch Rogue One again, I will feel more for Andor, and probably it's more Andor's story there as well, mm. than we've seen this, than what it is at the moment. And I think if this had just been a, a movie, it, it wouldn't do it justice. Mm. It just it, yeah. I, th- I just thought they played those scenes really well. Even, and we said it right at the top, even when you kind of know what's going to happen, that's a real skill to then still be able to draw, you know, kind of any kind of emotion and tension out. It just had like kind of inglorious bastards vibes at the time for me yeah. with how Tarantino has managed to wring as much tension as possible. I mean, if if they if they needed a different title than the eye, which obviously fits, you know, Inglorious Aldani would have been a perfect title for this episode, <laughs> I think, as well. Yeah, but yeah, I, I do I do think that the, the, the storytelling is they're using it well. That mm-hmm. it, it's quiet where it needs to be quiet, and it's loud where it needs to be loud. And you know, we, we said before, it, it's giving it a chance to breathe, and so that you you, you feel in the story. And it, it is a it is a heist, but there, mm-hmm. there's so much more to this than, than just a heist. It is. It's poignant yeah. as well, too, isn't it? The intercutting of the heist, tense moments with the Darnies watching the star, and then the kind of the, as the show is going over, 
that was like fantastically done as well. And not only like starkly visually looks different because you've got this beautiful like rainbow light show outside in nature again because we keep getting the good guys being linked to nature and the bad guys being linked to kind of technology and and insight but i think also you get that reminder of what the rebels are there for don't you that's what that scene is mm-hmm. there for yeah. they're here for these kind of people who are being downtrodden who are having their culture wiped out and the people who are doing it thinking that's okay and laughing about it and cheersing cheersing over it this is what the rebellion is about. It's about those people who can't fight for themselves or have lost their way and they need to be reminded. It's that little moment at the end of Last Jedi where Broom Boy moves the, the broom because he's been moved by the story he's heard about mm-hmm. Luke sacrificing himself and winning a fight by being passive and by not fighting. It, yeah. it's that, I think that's what that moment was about for me. I thought it was really powerful. It- it's choosing when to fight and choosing when not to fight and that. And it, it, it's the fact that seven people went in there and took on a base. I think there's, there were meant to be 40 troopers in there. I think that's what they said, didn't they? Yeah. Or something, you know, but, you know, this little band can actually show that you can, you can stand up, you know, we don't have to be bullied. Mm-hmm. You can kind of stand up for us and take back what, what we deserve. And, I suppose it's only a little heist job, but mm-hmm. what it's going to build into next, that's this whole rebellion. You know, it, I know we're going to get on to it um, at some point about predictions, but it's hard to see where they're going to, you know, because there's so much more that can go from here. It, 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 how this rebellion is going to build into, I think, you know, we mentioned in the previous uh, episode that we did was, Diego Luna says it shouldn't be called Andor mm, because mm. It, he's the driving force. He's the person who's the catalyst who's going to take us through this. But it's it's about the universe. It's about the rebellion and and how we're going to get there. And you know, again, it, it's it, it's quite moving. It's quite. It, it, I suppose it, it's quite seeing how they're going to do this and that, and you know, being able to kind of go on this journey with you with them and that it, it harks back to them Star Wars days uh, when the persons came out where you went along with Luke mm-hmm. uh, you, you was with him as he as he was learning things and becoming this better this better Jedi and I feel that they're doing that again mm-hmm. and they, that, that's why I think you know the prequels so so uh, there's a few good moments in them I'm not a massive fan of them but uh, then the sequels again. There's some good parts in there, but I do feel that it they did a bit of that as fan services, and they, they could have done a better story with them both. This this feels like something special. It really does, and I just hope they don't disappoint. <laughs> yeah, don't build it up too much just in case. Well, that's because we're halfway through. Yeah, well, um, quarter of the way through, really, aren't we? Yeah, well, well yeah, quarter of the way, and. You just feel that it, it, hopefully it can only get better, but how they top this, I don't know, because th- this really did feel some of this this episode. Mm. And, uh, it, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to come back on to do this one because it, 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 it really is one of the best things I've seen for a long time. And seeing is one of the big parts of it, isn't it? We've, spoke, we've waxed lyrical now about the writing and some of the performances, but the 
direction and the cinematography for this episode in particular. All of the stuff in Scotland's been beautiful to look at, but with the eye coming in in this episode, it was something quite special, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was clever that they just showed us little glimpses every now and again. There was, you know, one of the meteors went. Uh, I think what they said what it was, it was it was minerals that was hitting the the atmosphere. I think they said something like that at one point. But you just see in the case of one every now and again, mm-hmm. and you know, even some of the guards. I mean, I think I think Nemix says at one point it's like, oh wow, look at that, mm. you know. I think Andor looks a little bit cross with him because he does, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, but you can see that it, this is somewhat special. This is something that a lot of them haven't seen. And then as it went on, I mean, the the, the bit when they do make the escape mm. and that when they're flying through that, that you know, I mean, it did remind me a little bit of the Rainbow Road from from <laughs> Thor. <laughs> sure, or I was thinking America actually, but yeah. Mm, but it 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 really was. It, it was just. You felt you was with them on that, you know. It, mm-hmm. It's a bit of, you know, cinema that, well, not cinema, but TV, but it, it really felt it could be in the cinema. It really mm-hmm. felt it could be one of them blockbuster things. It and did. That, I don't know what money they've spent on this, but, you know, it, it must be up there because, as I said, some of the some of the shots, mm-hmm. you know, some of the cinematography is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that's definitely the standout scene, isn't it? With the ties chasing them, and then, mm-hmm. as you said, Nemec like directing him, and that's one of the fan servicey bits, isn't it? With him saying "climb" is referencing back to KS twenty because that's the last word he says to Cassian before he deactivates and dies. So mm-hmm. that that's quite a nice moment. But but yeah, that all of that scene was absolutely stunning, wasn't it? It actually made me think you saying, you know, kind of the I can't think what that that bridge is called in Thor, but I know what you mean. Uh, it's the rainbow world, I think, is it? The... Like I say, that's what I call that. That's what it's called. America. Going. <laughs> oh, people will be shouting, but that's yeah. fine. Um, it reminded me actually. Of, I don't know if you've seen the Wachowski Speed Racer. Uh, yes, I think. So a long the time way they use like light and color in that when yeah. he's when his Mac Five is hitting top speeds is almost like he goes into like a a light tunnel. It made me think of that actually. But you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. That was the the standout moment. It was amazing. But there were some other shots as well, like the shot from underneath Sinter and Vale as they were using their little water scuba to, to go through yeah. the water. looks absolutely beautiful as well. And I thought the, the cinematography of them scaling down the, the dam was fantastic. The shot of all the Darnies coming through the valley was beautiful. It, it, it looks, you're right to say this looks cinematic because it does. It, it feels like there's elements of so many different films that we've seen growing up that have been thrown in there that that scene going down the dam, it's like some out Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene them swimming through the dam, it's like some out of, uh, which was just been done on the VHS, uh, Jaws, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, looking underneath and kind of seeing them going along, which you could probably say maybe they're doing a bit of fan service to kind of get people seeing certain scenes and relating them back to something else and it really brings some out of them but it, it's cleverly done and it don't feel forced it feels like it that should be there mm. and that and you know it, it's it, it's just clever little moments that they've done yeah um well i mean they called themselves echo team so i mean if you're talking mm. about 
fan service callbacks to be calling themselves Echo Team when we know obviously like Echo is something that's been used previously in the, in the franchise. Yeah, when, I mean, when it's on the nose, it's all right, and then sometimes it's subtle, and that's good too. We don't mind either way. I, I, I would question actually one thing about Skeen saying uh, Tamale is a, a stormtrooper because mm. he, he can shoot and stormtroopers <laughs> can't. So, Very good point. Um, yeah, which, I mean that that was actually one thing that was a bit of a disappointment when they get chased by the Tie Fighters that they went down very easily, very quickly. Um, well, I guess that's what Nemec had used his machine to work out that, and he'd worked out the pattern of the, well, of the I think storm, he just, hadn't he? So yeah, he said that they won't be able to target him. Mm. Um, I think in one of the previous ones, which again that that harks back to what we've just, what probably a lot of people have just seen in the cinema of um, Top Gun. Sure. Uh, yeah. Again, the, the, the target is. I mean, in fact, even go back to the original Star Wars when Luke. On the trench run, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be nice if they explain why there's a there's an exhaust port. That's uh-huh. Yeah, it'd be great if they brought that, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean that, they are but... in that armored carrier, aren't they? So I guess that's part of it as yeah, well, isn't it? Which, so the the type are much more vulnerable, aren't they? Yeah, I mean you know the armored carrier is there to transport the money, so it's going to be mm. able to take some impact. But yeah, I mean you did kind of feel that these guys are going to get taken out because, you know, I mean, the Amakavi hasn't got anything to take them out with. So, yeah, sure. You know, but the fact that we see them and again, it's, um, it's certain little noises you hear mm-hmm. that, you know, hearing them tie fighters. Yeah. We had it with the speeder bike two weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. It, 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 again, it, it pulls on them certain things of, of people who've grown up watching Star Wars mm-hmm. and, and those who are getting into it, you know, that you, you think, I know what this is. So it's a, for, for, excuse me, the fear, the limit of, I can't even say it now. <laughs> <laughs> it gives you that kind of, um, you know where this is. You, yeah. You can feel it and that, uh, and, and it, 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 it's nice that they do that. Yeah. I, I agree with that completely. I, Certain noises like yeah, the lightsaber bars, the tie fighter whine, yeah, that that speeder bike hum, all of those things, yeah, absolutely just brings you right back, doesn't it? I quite liked the fact that the tie fighters were taken out by the natural phenomena because again, it kind of felt like is the force involved or like it's kind of you know what I mean, like you know how we you know like Mother Nature we re, will reset, we say, don't we? This idea yeah. of like you know kind of some something is helping the rebels to escape and, and not necessarily taking them out the sci fighters out taking the empire out but that sense of like you know a good will prevail and evil will get stopped and then you were cutting back to to the darnies watching and there were tears running down their eyes and they were enjoying the phenomena but there was because of the intercutting with the editing partly it was almost like you're watching them seeing the rebels escape and yeah. the empire being defeated and that's what they were happy about so again there was clever levels of storytelling going on there yeah i mean you know they, they did kind of build this up it's a spiritual kind of thing that they mm-hmm. come along to see and whether it is a case that they're seeing you know the rebels escaping and the empire getting taken out or whether it's just the fact that this means so much to them and the fact that they've been able to get there and do this and, and you know i'm sure they'll never go back to this but you know the, we, we believe now hope that they will do this for years to come. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were dwindling in numbers. They'll, they'll probably go back to the old days of where there's 
thousands of have down his head, you know, being able to enjoy this every few years. Mm. But you know, it it is that cleverness of you, you do feel the fact that there's something else driving them forward. But I mean, you know, then as I said, they end up going to the doctor, and then we see the whole thing with scheme, which I wouldn't say I was shocked when he tried to double cross him. Because mm-hmm. um, he did kind of say that he was in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of, I won't say I, I, took, I expected it as such, but, you know, I think it was clever, clever way of being able to kind of get rid of him as well. Yeah. And, but again, showing that growth in, in Andor, mm-hmm. uh, in, in Cassian, um, to do the right thing in a way. And again, he, he goes in there and he talks about him, he just wants his money. He just wants his money. He just, he, I mean, he even says that he's going to buy the ship off the doctor. Yeah, he does. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not like it's not like he's trying to sh- shoot the doctor or anything. He, mm-hmm. he, he, he's he's a good guy, and that. Well, he's just in the you know probably his friend he's just made the closest person he grew closest to get crushed mm-hmm. by capitalism. So perhaps he's realised money is is not the way. And yeah. Know, they, again, yeah. That was that was a very. I mean, I I thought it was clever because I think we all expected uh, Nemec to get you know shot or as Dave said, you know, to get to get moused, to get absolutely annihilated. But actually, what he got was a really kind of tragic end in that they'd succeeded, and then money, capitalism, even in success, there's defeat, and he gets crushed, doesn't it? It's quite tragic, really. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lovely part of the fact that uh, when the the guard goes to attack. Uh, Cassian and that and Nemec saves him yeah good we've got I've got that good point yeah um, he's getting choked out isn't he Cassian yeah he's yeah. getting choked out he's trying to reach for the boss so he turns a certain way Nemec shoots him and he it gives him that chance to be able to you know get them going and even though Nemec gets gets crushed um, you still feel he gets that hero hero ending because you know I, I said at the start, I do. F- I really felt for him when he's kind of putting in the cords, you know, to give Cassian and that kind of climb, you know, do this and then dive and then telling him where to go. And, you know, you really felt that he's, he's fighting to keep to, to, to be able to get them to safety, knowing probably full well that he, he's done for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, that, and it, I think it was a very much telling moment and you know the, the bit where the doctor then covers him up and you, you just think I knew he was going to die or oh, I definitely felt he was going to die but it still hits home mm-hmm. the fact that he did and again that that will probably you know be the thing that pushes um, Cassian on now yeah. to wherever he goes next there was something that jumped into my head whilst I was watching and I, I the, I debated with myself before we start recording whether to bring it up, but now we're here about like how the fact that Nemec didn't make it. So seven of them go into go in for the you know the inglorious mission, right? Gorn gets shot, Tamarin mm-hmm. gets shot, and Cinta gets left behind. Yeah. Cassian, Nemec, Skeen, and Val escape. Yeah. Like, ostensibly, right? So four escape, three get left behind. And it just jumped out to me that four white people escape. 
and mm. three people of color either die or get left behind. And yeah. I, I couldn't decide whether that was just, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not trying to make a criticism. Here. I, I wondered like there's so much in this episode that is about colonization. And it's very clear. That's what this is about and about how native Americans were treated and how they were forced out of their own homes and cultures and what you were saying before about like this clever idea that the empire had. Well, of course, that we know that's how Native Americans were treated, that they were mm-hmm. tricked through alcohol and gambling and all these kind of things. So, you know, I'm not an authority on this, but my limited knowledge. So it felt like, again, was that another subtle layer of commentary in that if you're a person of colour, you're either abandoned or you're, you're kind of the, the cannon fodder, or they felt had an earlier said like, no, Cassian, you go first, you're our point, man. She was more than happy to sacrifice Yeah. It. I, I, I don't know. It just, it really jumped out to me as being, you know, everyone is so conscious of it and rightly so conscious of characterization and the old adage of, you know, like if you're somebody, of, if you're a person of color in a horror movie, you're going to die first and all these kind of ideas of not trying to adhere to these tropes, which are dated. I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that. Yeah. I think, I think it's maybe it is kind of them showing that, you know, I think if that's what they was trying to do, um, I think really they probably would have been better off showing it the different way and showing that, you know, a person of colour can get away and that. But it, it, it's interesting. I, I saw a thing about um, this young lad trying to do a uh, a college shooter up uh, in, in America about Christopher Columbus. Mm-hmm. And saying about you know that he he said he was going to bring slaves back and he was going to do this and he was going to do that, um, and the guy kind of just completely shut him down. And says he, he said what he had to say to be able to go out there and explore the world, um, and slavery is bad and 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 things like that are awful, but that's where we need to learn from, and that's where we need to build from. It's. <laughs> It's, it, it's one of those things where, I mean, again, we're never probably, I don't think we're ever going to go back there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if, if Vel does go back first into and that, but I think that's something they'd already accepted that some of the, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's why it was such a hard decision for us to, to call it, knowing that people are going to get left behind. Again, it, it's hard to know, it, it, is this something that they is it just a coincidence or is this something that is a bit clever writing that they're just trying to show that, you know, these things are still out there. Mm-hmm. I think if it's coincidence, it's, it's, it's undoing some of the good writing we've been speaking about. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And say yeah. that I believe that it's there purposefully. And, and it's, it's something that we'll all become much more culturally aware of, you know, representation in media is massively important. And I just thought, to have these characters, and, and we've we've mentioned maybe Skeen allow, allow Tamarin to get shot, and there's a lot, you know, we could read into that too. You know, as you said, like, you kind of suspected Skeen was bad. Well, I mean, names are important, right, in storytelling. Skeen sounds like a bad guy, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, we can probably read it. We probably could have read, read that into it from the start. So, yeah, like, I'd like to give them the benefit of that. I think, like, there's some there's some other storytelling and there's some other avenues that people can 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 decide to take this if they want to. 
I mean, the Viking has been fantastic. You know, we we, we mentioned before about um, the certain things we would, would say the Empire is very much like a like Hitler trying to take over. Mm-hmm. This is why you kind of feel that the, the writing probably is, it is there, so doing, you know, the social commentary of, look, you know, mm-hmm. we need to look at ourselves. You know, it's a clever way of doing it using Star Wars or whatever kind of, you know, We've got it with uh, Captain America and having, you know, Sam Wilson now being the new mm-hmm, Captain mm-hmm. America. It's a clever way of kind of making people see these things without maybe realising that they're seeing it. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it then sparks um, conversation, which is, you know, it's, it's what we need. It's what, you know, we need people to have these conversations. And some of them are a bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it sometimes it's hard when you're not the minority or you're not the, the people to kind of feel that you can give a comment on it. But if, if we don't do that, then we, we can't grow and we can't become, you know, a better version of ourselves. Yeah. It just, it jolted me up the episode for a few seconds. Mm-hmm. And then it was only as I was stewing on it and thinking about, you know, what we were going to talk about today. And I was just like, yeah, I just I'll say it one more time. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, and if it's if it's there to be read, I think somebody far smarter and far more versed in this world than me would have a lot to say about it. I think there's probably some deep stuff going on there, which is is worthy of commentary. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, somebody will write an essay about it, and I would love to read it. If Rhea was here, I think she'd have a lot to say too. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. They escape. Andor is off on his next adventure. There probably is a plan for getting Cinder off planet. I agree with that. But there was a risk of her having to walk out, wasn't there, and being caught or shot or whatever. Mm. But I think you're right. I'm not, I don't think we'll see these people again. I think they're done. I think they're out. Much like the character from the first arc on the first three episodes on, on planet. I can't think what her name was now. That was Andor's, you know, like, like the, the mechanic Andor's friend on the first three episodes. Oh, right, yes. Um, I can't remember what she'll No, call me it, neither. I don't think she'll be back. I think, you know, when those arcs are done, we're moving Bix, on. Bix. I'll What's tell you. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I'm trying to look at IMDb and I can't remember. <laughs> uh, it, but yeah, I, I think it probably is a case of this was the story. This is what we've told. This is what we've done. Let's move on. Again, it would be nice to know that um, Val goes back for centre, but is it necessary? Do we really need that? It depends what they do with Val next. You know, is that it for Val? Maybe Val kind yeah. of goes and... I don't think we'll see her again. She'll be out in the world doing something, but I don't think she'll be in Andor's yeah. world, so we'll, we won't see her. The thing is, we don't, we don't actually know what the, we're going to do with the money as such. It would never actually said, you're going to deliver it here or you're going to do this. It was just a case of steal the money. Yeah, he didn't need to know that part of the plan, did so, he? You know, I suppose if we are seeing this through Andor's eyes, in a way that's not important mm-hmm. what the next part of the story is going to be. Um, and that, I, I mean, I mean, it's going back to the previous episode that, uh, and that it was nice that we saw Cyril there. I... I was a bit worried that we wouldn't see him again. And the fact that we did and that and something else is probably going to come from there. Mm-hmm. 
and that maybe we will see these counters again, but maybe just to kind of tie a quick bow off, you know. I think but, Cyril's a shoe in, isn't he? We'll definitely see him again. I think yeah. he's going to get involved with the ISB, isn't he? Because he, he I can see him and Deirdre teaming up. I think we said that before. I, I yeah, I mean, I. I don't think I need to see Val or Sinsa again, really, if I'm honest. I don't think I need to see you're right, Bix again. I think they're interesting characters for the art they're in, but that part of Andor's story is done. We may see Bix, I suppose, if he goes back to Planet to see his mum, but they're not integral to his story anymore. He's moving forward. He has to move forward, as mm-hmm. you said, to become the guy we know from Rogue One. He can't be looking back. It's not that sort of journey for him. No. So I, I'm ready to move on and, and see who's next at that he's going to meet yeah I mean um, I can't remember um, Forrest Whitaker's character um, oh yeah 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 you know I'll be interested when he goes and he interacts with him and kind of mm-hmm. you know that, but again it, it's when, when it comes to kind of guessing what's going to come next this is I thought we know where it's going to go mm-hmm. how it's going to get there I just haven't got a clue no, you're right. So Saul Guerrero is going to be in it at some point, isn't he? Mm-hmm. His yeah. name came to me whilst you were talking. So you've got no predictions at all. Um, you've got some in math up your sleeve. Come on, you've got something in there. It, it, I think, I think, it, obviously, he's going to go off and try and find his sister. Sure. You know, that that's his driving point now. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember where they left because I don't think he's really got any any leads on that, has it? No. So I suppose this case is he's going to be chasing up these things. This is where he, whether he's going to go back to uh, Lufen. Mm-hmm. You know, he seems to be someone who has his fingers in many pies. You think he'd keep the medallion though, wouldn't you, if he was going to go back to Lufen? And he gave it to <laughs> yeah, Earl, yeah, he didn't gave he? back and told her to, mm. to give it back to your friend, didn't he? So, yeah, I suppose... I suppose he won't go. I think he's cutting. In his mind, he's cutting ties there for now, isn't he? Yeah, I've done this. Yeah, I guess Mm. so. So, all right, I'll scrap that idea. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) Um, that, That's one of the most interesting things because we don't know where he's going to go. We're going there with him. Mm. I guess he doesn't know what he's doing. So, why should we? Yeah, fair enough. so let's talk about our three endings then and see if, if, if what we think of any of those. So we get Mon Mothma in the Senate, don't we? And yes. she's talking about this genocide. What I haven't got, unfortunately, and again, Mike, step in and, and inform everybody next week. She's talking about a genocide, which I think is quite famous within Star Wars canon and Star Wars law and is one of the chief reasons why she ends up kind of leaving the Senate because they're they're not dealing with it in the way that she wants them to. So we see her delivering this kind of speech and everyone being distracted by their iPads, essentially yeah. their space iPads, which is the news of this robbery. So it has, yeah. it, it, you know, it's hit the hollow net. I think they call it or the hollow news or something. So it's hit quite big within the galaxy. The interesting thing there as well is before, as she starts talking before, they're all looking on the on the iPads and the Chromebooks or yeah. whatever. Um, it's quite empty already. Yeah, 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 yeah. And which makes me think maybe maybe she doesn't hold as much pull. Oh, as yeah, agreed. She did. Yeah. Um, I think we got that in the episode when she was talking with her husband about the fact, like, 
these people don't support me like why are you inviting yeah. them to dinner and yeah agreed yeah so so you feel that she is just talking to a bit of an empty room yeah um which which might lead on to why maybe she does step away mm-hmm. you know because because we don't know how mama gets to where she is no like and we do uh, know that eventually sidious the emperor palpatine does dissolve the senate don't we she leaves yeah. before that point obviously we know that's coming in the future too. I agree. I think she's probably going to get. We're going to see her slow disillusionment with mm-hmm. the the system and the process, which of course started off in the prequels. To be fair, you know, this is how de- democracy ends, isn't it? I think is the line with yeah. a round of applause or something, which Padme says. I've totally butchered that and paraphrased it, but it's something along those lines. Yeah, I agree. I think, and it's like you see this footage of the House of Commons, and it's it's like you know when it's about starving children and there's 10 mps in there and when it's about whether they're going to get their pay rise they all fucking turn up and they're all sitting it's exactly like the real world i think it was a very uh, again another very clever subtle moment that's common that's making a commentary about the world we currently live in yeah it, it is it's that case of you know this is important when people are dying here we could do something about this you know we need to oh, there's no one here yeah no it doesn't directly affect these people in the room so yeah, they don't give no, a shit no one cares and yeah. Whereas, like you say, if it had been the case of we're going to lose, you know, thousands of pounds, everyone would have been there going, no, we don't, no, we don't. Well, look how much they rush off when they see that whatever it is, oh, yeah. 80 million credits or something has been taken. Yeah. Well, that, well, that's the thing, you know, that's going to affect them, I suppose. So mm. it's a case of where's that money gone? What, what's happened? What, you know, how, how could this happen? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's that telling thing again. It's, them nice underlying little stories of kind of pointing out, but for people to have these conversations and saying, look, mm-hmm. we really should care more about these things than these things. Mm-hmm. You know, money is a fantastic thing and everybody needs it, but it's not the most important thing. And if it was used in the right way, yes, it, it really could be, but it never is. Mm-hmm. And that, but you know, it, it it is that commentary of there of you know she she's preaching the greater good and no one's listening. Yeah, agreed. So we cut from her, don't we? To the ISB, I think comes next, and there uh, there's the yes. emergency meeting being called because they're having they're holding a meeting for the emergency retaliation plan, which sounds very very ominous. Each sector of the galaxy has been called in, haven't they? Yeah. discuss how they're going to stop this kind of event happening anywhere else in the future. Yeah, which... Um, I've forgotten her name now. Oh, De- Deirdre. Deirdre. She, she, she didn't look... That's about, look she's obviously... Mm-hmm. She's seen this. She, she saw she it coming. Of, yeah, she, she didn't look surprised. She looked a little bit more like a kind of... You know, when you get... I told you so. Absolutely. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Well, she has been telling them so, hasn't she? And they've been ignoring yeah, her. Which, which, you see, this could push her her career on a mm-hmm. little bit, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's quite ominous of, you know, how are they going to retaliate? You know, yeah, it's that word, isn't it? What, mm. what are they going to do? Um, yes, it was a heist, it was a bank robbery, but. It, the, the way they, I suppose, going back to the previous um, episode, well, not uh, sorry, the, the previous episode I was on, uh, when they said, we're, he- we're here to stamp out the mm-hmm. disease. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of arcs back to that where, mm-hmm. you know, 
we deal with this now so yeah. that it doesn't become something more, something and, greater. And also they were quite dismissive, you know, all these, you know, these people, they, they're not really up so much. Don't worry about it. Now, suddenly they've got full attention. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. yeah which it, you could get that sense from the room of everybody like, you know, what's going on? You know, it, you know, how has this happened? Mm. And very much kind of put down the fact that no one's leaving until we know what's happened. Absolutely, yeah. And, and how, how we'll deal with this? Yeah, that's that's the key thing, isn't it? Like, yeah, how we're gonna how we're gonna deal with that? I like how you put that. Yeah, and then we get the nice little scene, don't we, with Luthen? Yeah, having which, a little jig in the back room. We, I mean, it, it's funny because it made me feel go back to when Luthen put the disguise, put his mm. disguise on. He did that flourish. It was kind of the same, but this one had meaning. This one, mm-hmm. you felt, felt he actually meant it this time. Whereas the other one kind of, you saw him do the flourish and then he kind of looked sad afterwards. Like, oh. Whereas this one, it was that joy of, we've done it. We've started yeah. this. Which, I mean, it acts back to something Andor said in, early on in the episode, um, that be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, when he was saying to Nemec, oh yes, yeah, you'll 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 sleep when this is over, doesn't he, or something like that? Yeah, he says yeah. you'll sleep, and he says, you know, this is this is going to start, this is going to build something, and this mm. is like just be careful what you wish for. Which again, it shows Andor is very much grey. He's very much in between, kind mm-hmm. of where he needs to be. Um, Nemec is very much the kind of freedom fighter who's you know the, the mention that. This wouldn't have happened without Nemec, which mm-hmm. makes when we first meet him, you think he's just this young, naive, you know, person. But as these three episodes went on, you realize that he designed this, mm-hmm. he designed the plan, kind of that he he was the driving force behind it. Yeah. Um what's written in that, excuse me, what's written in that ledger is gonna be quite interesting. Uh, because I think we we probably will see in the next episode, Cassian sitting and reading that. And probably that's going to kind of push him into the person that we, we know he's going to be. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And we'll find out in a week's time. Yeah. Only a week. <laughs> yeah. And Mike will sweep in to hopefully drop some knowledge bombs on us again and fill in some of the gaps of these things which we... No, but don't quite know. Such as such as that that race of people who are in this genocide all that my moth was talking about. Mike Michael for you next week. Or Google's always your friend, isn't it? There's probably a good comic book about it all to explain <laughs> it all. I'm it, sure there is, yeah. He's he's got it on an ebook and also hardback in that book. Yeah, he, he, I mean, this is the thing we, you know, we're sitting in, we don't we're probably like an average Star Wars fan who knows certain bits and mm-hmm. we kind of fill in bits in. And then, as I say, you get the, the next level. And then there's Mike above that. Um, but it, as I say, it, it, it's nice to kind of as you learn a lot more about this this universe. And I said in the previous one I was on that I didn't realise there was as many stories out there as what there is. And just touching little bits here and there about them may give us a bit more. Yeah. You know, yeah. it'll lead on to something else. It's the spark that lights the fire after all. Yeah. And Andy will be on soon as well, I believe, and he's another big 
Star Wars guru. So it's going to be really interesting to see what he's bringing to the table because I know he's been watching the show and he's been really enjoying it too. So he's going to be another powerful voice, I think, on this podcast when he comes on. Anything we haven't covered, my friend, that you feel we need to go back on to? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much what I'd written down. We flitted around all, all over the episode, but we've managed <laughs> yeah. to cover all all the key points, I think, but at some point. I mean, you know, if, if I don't know who edits this, if they want to try to rearrange our conversation, <laughs> in a, Shit, in a order, luck. that's, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But, I mean, it, it's a lot of fun. It's nice, you know, I mean, being able to sit and, I mean, listening to the podcast, um, a, a great, I do often sit whilst I'm working in the morning, I'm listening along and I'm kind of chatting to myself, kind of thinking this. Being able to come and actually say it, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, good. And you know, you know, you're part of the community now, so you're going to be coming back and back and back. May not be for Star Wars. We'll find plenty of other spaces for you to fit in. Yeah, a lot of fun this is. Fantastic. All right. Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much for that. I really enjoyed that because I think what we've managed to do is talk about all the things that are on the surface, but then we've been managing to delve down underneath for the for the arc for Andor and thinking about all the kind of meshing that perhaps may be going on underneath it too. So I think we've really managed to hit a lot of the key points today. Yeah. I hope everyone's enjoyed it. As I said, Mike will be back next week covering episode seven to be discovered whether that is a standalone or whether that's the start of a new arc. He'll have a, another new guest for that show. And then I'll be back the week after to discuss episode eight. I get all the evens. We'll see what that means as we go as we go forward. I feel like I've been pretty lucky so far with what I've had. So hopefully long may that run continue. Thanks everybody. Take care. See you soon. Please take care. Explicit by Drake featuring Diana. Can you hear my election in the background? Yeah. <laughs>